Hey everyone, and thanks for listening in today to the Emmanuel Podcast. Uh, I'm Pastor Brendan. Joining me today is Pastor David, and today we're going to be uh, encouraging you uh, t- toward two things. We want to consider uh, and chew on the Word of God, and we also want to find ways to apply these scriptures to our lives. So this month we're in uh, the book of Proverbs, one proverb every day, and today is May 9th, so we're going into uh, the ninth proverb, and I'm going to read that now. So wisdom has built her house. She has set up its seven pillars. She has prepared her meat and mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her servants, and she calls from the highest points of the city. Let all who are simple come to my house. To those who have no sense, she says, come eat my food and drink the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and you will live. Walk in the way of insight. Whoever corrects a mocker invites insults. Whoever rebukes the wicked incurs abuse. Do not rebuke mockers, or they will hate you. Rebuke the wise, and they will love you. Instruct the wise, and they will be wiser still. Teach the righteous, and they will add to their learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For through wisdom your days will be many, and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. If you are a mocker, you alone will suffer. Folly is an unruly woman. She is simple and knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house on a seat at the highest point of the city, calling out to those who pass by, those who go, who go straight on their way. Let all who are simple come to my house. To those who have no sense, she says, Stolen water is sweet, food eaten in secret is delicious, but little do they know that the dead are there, that her guests are deep in the realm of the dead. So that's Proverbs 9. So, uh, Pastor David, what's uh, humming with you today? What, what, what are you, what's jumping out at you? Well, I like this uh, last one. You know, there's a song, it's, it's a dead man's party, and who could ask for more? Like, leave your body at the door, right? Like, that's a... Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's the party that folly invites you to. So, so that's a that's just a fun like off the top of my head. But one thing that I, I liked uh, or I like about this proverb is it talks about you know whoever corrects a mocker invites insults and whoever rebukes the wicked incurs abuse. Do not rebuke mockers for they will hate you. Rebuke the wise for they will love you. Instruct the wise and they will be wiser still. Um, and we're introduced to kind of this character, the mocker. Um, Psalm one one right says, "Blessed is the one who does not." walk and step with the wicked or stand in the way the winner sinners take or sit in the company of mockers and so there's in the wisdom literature there's this guy he's the mocker um and his fate's not good um and if you think about people like that you know mockers uh people who just always want to tear down who always want to insult who always want to um, put abuse on people and who get their joy from you know, uh, negative kind of interactions with people. Right. Uh, it leads to nothing good. Mm. Yeah, most definitely. Like, uh, you think about how, you know, mockers, it kind of reminds me of, of gossip spreaders, you know? Yeah. And like, you can never really trust a person who gossips, you know? Like, if they're telling you all this stuff about their friends then how do you know they're not talking about you behind your back as well? Uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an 
invitation to, to ask people to not trust you. Right, right. And then the warning here, right, is that even if you correct them, like if they're mockers, they'll, if they've enjoyed insulting other people, they're just going to insult you. Um, and then if you rebuke them, like you say, you know, don't, don't be a mocker, like, you know, uh, think better of people, like, you know, have ha happier thoughts or uh, choose to dwell in more positive things. It says that they'll abuse you and, and they'll hate you. Uh, and then it, con it contrasts that with the, the wise. And so I think our invitation here is to consider how we respond to correction. You know, if, if this is the difference between a mocker and a wise person, so a wise person gets correction and becomes better, and a mocker gets correction and becomes meaner, then our response to correction uh, kind of defines where we land in that camp. Yeah. Yeah, and it makes me think of, um, you know, in the New Testament when it talks about how we're to think of others as more highly than we think of ourselves, like, and, and to kind of think the best of others, um, in a sense. Right, and even when they bring correction. And so it's, uh, yeah. and so to me, like, there's a, um, it's about pride, right? So if you're proud and somebody corrects you and you let your pride well up and say, well, you can't, who are you to correct me? And then there's a lot of ways to go with that. You could say, you know, you're just wrong and just reject it offhand. Or you could say, uh, you know, well, you're, you're terrible too. And you could turn it around on them. Um, but either way, it's not helpful to us. It seems like the, the less ego response to correction is to consider, is to sit and, and meditate on it. And, you know, I'm not saying that every correction of us is right. There are people who correct us for uh, their own reasons. They could be mockers, like trying to correct you to make themselves look better. You know, that's that's out there too. But uh, at least if somebody has the um, the courtesy to come and tell us that we've hurt their feelings, or we've insulted them, or we've done something bad, to have the strength of character to consider it, to think yeah. about it, and to chew on it and say, "Did I do that? Is that a thing that I should do differently next time? Or was there a wrong here that I perpetrated?" And you know, if, if life is about relationships, correction is one of those places where we can make our relationships better, make them right. Most definitely. Yeah, as long as we kind of temper that with the kind of idea also that if, if someone has nothing good to say about you, they're probably not the best person to listen to. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And, and also yeah. the, person, the opposite is true. The person who has nothing bad to say about you, you know, well... You know, probably not very helpful either. Yeah, it's yeah. not very helpful either. <clears throat> um, what do you think about uh, the, the definition of wisdom here in, in verse 10, talking about the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. You see a lot of uh, that, that, that concept all throughout Proverbs, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think there's something really good about this, and I actually looked it up when I was getting ready for this, uh, this day. And that language of holy one um, is something they call like the emphatic plural. And it means like most and only holy one, right? So he talks about like God is the holy one there. He's saying he's like the most holy wow. and he's the only holy. He's the essence of holy. He is what holy is. Like he's the definition of holy, which I love. That's like good. So when we think about God, we got to think about it that way. But I also think about, the, um, you know, at Aslan in the Chronicles of Narnia is that, that quote that everybody uses, but it's because it's so good. It says, they're talking about God, and they said, he's a lion who prowls around. And the girl says, you know, is he safe? And he's like, of course he's not safe. He's a lion, but he's good, right? Right. 
And we get to thinking about God as a lion, the lion of Judah, and we think about lions like in zoos, which are quite safe. You know, if I go to a zoo and I see a lion, it's very safe. Right. But one time I was in the zoo in Boise, and the lion was kind of feeling it, and so he was in his cage, like, <laughs> roaring, like, roaring. Sure, well. Wow. And, like, all over the zoo, you could hear that lion, and think about how fierce, like, so it's quite safe because it's in the zoo, right? But what if I was, like, where the lions live? Like, if I'm right. in Africa, hanging out on the plains, and not far from me, I hear one of these lions roaring. Right, yeah. Like, I'm going to respect that power. And there's going to be the fear there. And that's the fear of the Lord here. Is it? Right. It's not fear like I'm quaking like God's going to get me because, you know, God's good. But that power isn't caged. Mm. It's not tied up. And so the, that, the loose idea of that power that's just out there and God can do what God wills to do and God is going to steer the earth the way he wills to steer it, like that should be, there should be that kind of, the same way I would respect a the lion in its environment. I should respect God and his environment. Right. And so I think that's the fear of the Lord is just knowing that he's big, like really big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I know uh, we've talked about this in the past and you've, you've kind of shared how, you know, sometimes people try to tone down the word fear too much. It, it yeah. is being in awe of the holiness of God. That's right. And that's a huge element of it, but but we shouldn't try to neuter that word as it were that's right so we want to make the bible like more approachable so we tell people oh well, that's not fear fear that's like <laughs> something else but the word is fear like it's not the the guy who wrote it didn't back away from the word fear he mm -hmm. chose fear and he chose that inspired by the holy spirit to choose that word and so there's there's no no trick of language here that can make that different than there's some feeling of of fear and, it, and, it, and I, I liken it to if i'm in the yeah. And if I'm in the enclosure with the lion, right? If I get in the enclosure with the lion, like there's a fear, a healthy fear, mm -hmm. because I respect that power. The fact that that lion can do whatever it wants. At that moment, I'm in its space. And everywhere on earth, I'm in God's space. Yeah. Like no matter where I go, I'm in the power of God. So, so how would you, you know, just thinking through and balancing that with, you know, when John says, uh, you know, there's no fear in love and perfect love, you know? That's right, uh, because I trust his goodness, yeah. right? So yeah. you, you exactly. know that the power that's, can get you. Balance that's there. right. Of course, like, of course he's not safe, but he's good. Yeah, that's that, good. That yeah. He's good. And yeah. so uh, there, God can do whatever he wants to me, and, and, and I, the Bible tells me I should be thankful for whatever he does because he's going to do good. And so whatever, whatever it is, whether it seems good or seems not so good at the moment, it's always going to be good because God is good. I got one for you. So okay. uh, in this, in this um, proverb, there's a contrast, and it's a fun one. It's the wisdom and folly again. And the first uh, few verses talk about the feast of wisdom, right? And so she lays out her meat, and she mixes her wine. Yeah. Yeah. And then at the last few verses, it goes back to, to folly. And he says, um, if I can scroll down to it here, he says, uh, to those who have no sense of ways, she says, it's verse 17, stolen water is sweet, food mm. eaten in secret is delicious. And instead of having the wise there, they say it's the dead man's party. And so yeah. it's, a, it's absolutely a contrast, right? So it says the yeah. food. So, uh, so what, what do you make of that? Well, it's, it's interesting that it is, uh, you've got kind of the beginning and end. It's like uh, end caps for each, each side. 
but you've got the 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 wine and the delicious meat that wisdom lays out but the and it's saying, leave your simple ways, you'll walk in the way of insight. And then in the, in the folly party, the water is stolen and the food is eaten in secret. So it's like this shameful, stolen meal um, that leads to death. It, it's kind of like what, it kind of reminds me of what we were talking about before um, of how sin is, can be so enticing and that that you know that secret food is is delicious, you know. Right. Uh, but but in in the end, it leads to death. Right. And I think it's only delicious because it's secret, right? Yeah. So like the f- wisdom food is is good because it's good. Yeah. Like it's, it's laid good. out meat, it's prepared wine, and right. thought and care and preparation. Good and was, hearty meal. And it was given to you, and so it's delicious because of the love with which it was made and the care for the food yeah this is delicious because like it's secret and nobody else has it and it's exclusive and that's all mm. fake isn't that that's like that's instagram culture right yeah it's, it's good because it's fake you know facebook right. is is fun because it's fake it's it's everybody puts their best stuff out there and the secretness and the, the fakeness and the producedness of it right. makes it somehow like good but w- what we know is that stuff's not good for us like the that produced idea that the the fact if all that makes it good is that it feels exclusive and private, then sure. it probably wasn't good. And I, I just love that. Also, you know, it goes back to the tree. Like, we're forbidden from eating that fruit, so we want it. And, yeah. And it wasn't good for us, but they thought it was good because they weren't supposed to have it. And, right. And what does that right. lead to? Yeah. It leads to, yeah, that, well, taking pictures of your food on Instagram. No, I'm just <laughs> No, no, it's true. It's true. I'll tell you, I was in, I was in Bush Gardens the other day, and I saw an Instagram person. It's the Food and Wine Festival right now. Right. So they had gotten, like, a, a sandwich at this place, <laughs> and they were making, like, the duck face picture with the food, and her boyfriend was taking it. And, and we had gotten our food and left and sat down and ate, and they're still there having not taken any bites of the food, wow. just each one of them sharing the food back and forth to get pictures. And what do you lose? The yeah. freshness and yeah. the goodness of the exactly. moment, and so you get you end up with stale food. It's the folly. It's a it's a metaphor for the folly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you you heard it here first. Instagram is a metaphor for the folly. <laughs> well, guys, that's all we really have uh, time for today. Um, we hope that you will read Proverbs nine for yourself, and you'll consider and weigh these things, um, and pick something and chew on it. There's good here, um, good for your brain, good for your heart, and good for your soul. And ultimately, um, we, we can take it as correction, as the wise man, um, or we can, we can forsake it as the fool. And, and I hope that all of us choose wisdom today. Thanks for joining us.